You are listening to the Spark Influence Podcast with Spark Media founders, Peter and Misty Phillip. Spark Influence is a podcast about living a life with intention in marriage, family, ministry, and as business leaders. This show is brought to you by the Spark Media Podcast Network. Visit sparkmedia.ventures for more inspiring podcasts. Hey friends, this is Misty Phillip. Welcome to the By His Grace slash Spark Influence podcast. I am so excited. We're going to do a dual episode here. I've got my amazing man, Peter Phillip, and our incredible friends, the Watsons. So both of these shows, all three of our shows actually can be found on the Uplifted stream at KHCB. And so we are excited to sit down and talk about the family, the importance of family, not only that, the attack that we see on our family and culture today, and what we can do to form a loving relationships with our family and how we can stand against the culture. So Watsons, welcome. I'm so excited. Ha-ha. I've never had y'all on the podcast. I can't believe <laughs> oh, it. Oh, man. I know. I know. This we've, is an we've honor. had so many side discussions, though. Man. <laughs> this, this could go crazy. I know. <laughs> this is like a recorded Zoom date. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> and, and it's about right on time. It's Saturday night. What? Hello. Yes, this, this is, is our like usual. Our, our usual. So. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That, you know, during the pandemic, we started doing Zoom dates with one another. Y'all live up near the D.C. area. We're down in Texas, but we would make our little charcuterie platter and uh, y'all always had something yummy coming out of the pantry and we would double date because we couldn't go anywhere. And so that's how these conversations started and just appreciate y'all, appreciate your friendship and just love the way that you're raising your amazing young daughter. And so we're kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum because our baby is a grown man who's 21. Um, <laughs> but it's it's a lot of fun to see. I got to spend some time with y'all recently. I was up in your neck of the woods and got to spend the day building Legos with sweet Kalia <laughs> and um, yes. forgot that took me back. So right? yeah, so I want to talk about, you know, the breakdown of the family in our culture. And, you know, I see an attack on the men, an attack on the dads, there's attack on the women, Mm -hmm. there's attack on the moms, and there is an attack on this generation of kids, I believe, more than ever. Mm -hmm. As we see evil rising, it is just in your face. But at the same time, we we know who's in control. And so we want to push back that darkness. So I'd love to just open it up and hear some of y'all's thoughts on, on the family. And I know y'all got thoughts. So Shay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I, I thank you for having us on to have this conversation because I think it's a very important conversation. I think that everything that you just said is right on point. There is a spiritual attack against the families. We see this in the divorce rate. We see this in the split family rate. We see this in, 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 you know, mothers raising their children by themselves, or maybe a father raising their child by themselves. And that all goes back to one point, And that is the deception that's being played that we can do this without God in this. And, and I think when we start looking at that, we don't see the priority of how God ordered the family. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that even before I came to Christ, I was always bitter at how women viewed men, even though I knew men didn't have it all together. I was like, we don't either. So why are we just trying to grab them and and drag them into the pits of hell? Then I came to Christ and I got even more strong about it, you know? So <laughs> so I think that now my opinions are a little more fiery than, than back then, but I, I just... I mean, truly, I'm just going to say it disgusts me, right? It, it really does. And so having to reel that in and, you know, look at it with, with righteous anger, but more than that, trying to re- remember that the people that are doing it, the people that are pumping this out, sometimes we get in this trap where we think that they are all kind of orchestrating this collaborative effort to tear down and dismantle everything because it's anti-God, but most of them have no idea why they're doing it. They think it's the best and that actually makes it worse. That makes it more dangerous because they don't know what they do, right? And in Colossians 2, it says, you were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. That's that like, I mean, they're, they're separated, right? And that trickles down and it influences the Christian who is not, you know, seat belted to their Bible and, yeah, I think I love this conversation. I'm excited that this is the one that we that we get to have tonight. Yeah, and I think also, Michelle, you know, we don't fight against flesh and blood. So we may right. feel like the the fight is against a person or a group of people, but this is against principalities and and spiritual wickedness in high places that is playing out in our world today. And so, and you're right. A lot of times they're they're clueless. They just don't even know because they're lost. And so that's what right. we're called to do is to love, but also to stand for truth. And it's it's complicated in these days. So I'm going to come at this. Completely tangentially, which would not be <laughs> unusual for me. So Love I blame it. a lot of this on <laughs> Madison Avenue, right? So let's look at it this way. I spent my time growing up abhorring commercials and hated that was the biggest part of you know growing up as I couldn't stand watching commercials. Fast forward to 2023 20, and I end up watching commercials on YouTube, which is the strangest thing. So I'm watching 80s commercials and it's just <laughs> half hour of commercials. And this is what I noticed in all of that. I noticed that it started probably in the late 70s, but it really in the 80s, they started ramping up mm-hmm. the dumb dad who can't do anything, yes. who can't fix anything, right. yes. and the mom's got it all together, even down to a commercial I just saw the other day, which was a grandma and her son, who was an adult in the commercial, didn't know what a socket wrench was, and she had to help him fix the lawnmower, Then she had to help raise the kids, and there's this super matriarchy concept which is strange because they're trying to erase women in general now, but that's a different topic. Right. So there's this, <laughs> there's this, let's destroy the traditional family by saying men are stupid and they're idiots. This super equality that they, that they try to promote, which has evolved into the, 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 the trans conversation, which is a different topic altogether. But that, that saying that the, the family, the way God ordered it is not perfect. It doesn't work. And we need to fix it by saying women are the only ones who know how to do everything. Men are completely stupid. So let's flip the headship over or just derail it altogether and let's break it down. Stop disciplining children. Stop having that order in place. Let them run free. It's like it's like Lord of the Flies mm-hmm. for the most part. And, and and so kind of what everything y'all just said is that attack on what that is. And so if you can disintegrate that and remove it, then either and the enemy who runs a large portion of, you know, the state as, as a concept 
and then reorder it the way they wish. Mm. You know, as you're, as you're sitting there saying that I'm sitting here thinking about this family and I'm thinking about this order and I'm thinking about how, how, okay. Planting seeds Bible, everyone that's listening to this, that is a Christian, this is a believer. We've know that in the Bible, there's this, this, this idea of planting seeds, you know, well, let me say something. We can plant good seed and there can be bad seed that's planted. And exactly what you're saying, Peter, you're like, okay, there's a disruption here. There's a disruption against the family. See, God came in and said, hold on, I've got an order. This is how the order is going to be. We're going to have God up here. It's an umbrella effect. It's like God is the top. And then under God is man. And then under man is the woman. And then under the woman is the child. See, what people are forgetting is the child. Let me tell you what that means. This child has three levels of protection when we have it in the way that God orders it. When we have it in the way that God orders it, now you have God, you have man listening. Hold on. This is very important because in the Garden of Eden, we see two things. We see that Eve decides to be deceived, and then we see Adam failing in spiritual headship. Because if Eve would have came and and Adam was having spiritual headship, he would have sat there and said, hold up, hold up, woman. You're doing something wrong here. You're not doing this the right way. And he would have put a stop to it. So when we look at this from a God perspective and a spiritual headship perspective, and we're seeing that the man is actually looking up to God and God, and he's saying, Hey God, here I am. Use me. I'm going to follow your ways. I'm not going to follow the ways of the world. Now we have this beautiful protection that goes down. And what are we protecting that beautiful child? And what you said, he's trying to remove Satan is removing the woman from out from underneath the man and either making her equal or trying to rise her above that. And we start seeing this when we, we start seeing the esoteric mentality that is being put into play here. Yeah. You know, I mean, the divine feminine has been around for a very long time and that's like a, a catchy way to talk about the new age because the, the matriarchy is outside of God's design. It plays on the fact that a fallen humanity will use and abuse anyone. Right. So they like to magnify the idea that women are being, you know, oppressed, repressed, they're distressed, you know, they're all of these things because of men. Never mind the fact men feel the same way in certain situations with women and that you can kind of point to everyone and see who has power and oppressive authority over them, you know, but they like to play that card. And rather than saying, this is the way, but it's broken. It's no, we need to, we need to completely dismantle this because there's no way it could ever work. We have to actually flip it and at the same time confuse identity. And one of the things that we've really worked on with our daughter is not just telling her, because a lot of the time you'll hear kids that went to Christian school end up not even being Christian because it was a lot of Mm -hmm. the same thing as public school plus legalism, right? A lot of should nots, shall nots, and don'ts. And And so they ended up wondering why they should even be a Christian. It's no fun. No one's accepted. People are bullied, et cetera. So what we've done is focused on helping her understand who the Lord is so that she sees this relationship through her parents who have a relationship with the Lord, sees it emulate, like she emulates it, and then also helping her think critically. So you can sit there and try to arm them with with like these hyper specific answers for things and kind of raise an apologeticist based on like, you know, prefabbed answers. Or you can say, no, this is how you think, right? This is how God thinks. So let's think like that. Then whatever comes your way, you're able to think about it with God's mindset and not the human mindset. And, and so that's what we've started. You know, she's only, she's about to be four. 
but we're already doing that for her. And she understands this verse. And then I'm gonna let you guys come back in it. Cause I want people to understand. I'm not just bringing this out from nowhere. There is a, there is order in this. There's spiritual right. headship in this and God has ordained this. And he said this, and it says that, you know, man is, is, is head over the wife as Christ is head over the man. And I just want that known that that is a verse that's out there and you guys can look it up. You can dial it in, but there, this is something that we're not making up that we're actually saying it because this is very important for her. How does she become and have spiritual discernment or how does she have critical thinking in her life? If she's, if she's just being softened into the blows of, of, of the culture that's outside. No, that's not how this is going to work. We're going to show her what God is. When we correct her, we don't sit there and say, you're bad because mommy and daddy say you're bad. No, we bring in Bible. Watch, we've been using the Ten Commandments. When she's disrespectful, we say, hey, that's not honoring your father and mother. And we're showing her that we need to be looking to God. Because if I'm offended, no, more than I'm offended that she's offending God, I've got a problem. Yeah. And I need her to understand. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to kind of go back to that headship thing because I think a lot of people have problem, even just that umbrella structure that you talked about. I saw a post the other day online and they were just, you know, dissing it and, and what they don't understand. It's not that we are not equal in our, we are co-laborers. God created both man and woman to work together for the kingdom to raise children, to be fruitful, to multiply and to subdue the earth. And part of that is working together, but there is so much freedom for me as a woman, knowing that God created my husband to be the head of my family. And I think that if women could truly understand how much that frees them up. It doesn't mean that my husband doesn't support me. It doesn't mean that I I can't do things outside of the home. You know, he, he basically, because of his love for the Lord, empowers me to be able to do other things. And so I wanted to throw that point in there as well, because I think people have a wrong idea about headship and what that means. Yeah. Well, yeah. What happens is there's a couple things I think that transpire when that word is used. First of all, they revolt against that term. Absolutely. They, Mm -hmm. they, they conflate the concept of headship over being, not being equal. Mm. Right. And because it's an ordered and ordained hierarchy, they just immediately, and this comes down to stiff neckedness, right? This is very stiff neck. Like, Absolutely, mm-hmm. I'm not subservient to any man. Well, okay, I, I, I get the concept, and it's not that they're saying it's subservient from taking a term that other religions have a very structured view of the woman's role, walk mm-hmm. behind me, don't talk, like you eat separately from men, like right. that kind of concept. That's not in any way what it says. What it says is you are afforded tremendous freedom and protection because this is how I've set it up. And actually the, the man right. has it worse because he's responsible now, and, it, and it, if you don't, <laughs> and if you let that happen, you let things go afoul and awry, that's your problem, and then you have to answer to God for that, because he's going to say, well, th- th- mm. you, you were supposed to protect her, you were supposed to do these things, and you didn't, and, and, and that's an awesome responsibility, and, and like you said, like you were afforded a tremendous amount of protection and, and leeway. Right? right, but the modern mm-hmm. modern society takes it as saying, "No, you've got to be you. No, you're you're subservient. Sit in the back, be quiet. You know that kind of." And and the, the radical feminist movement really takes umbrage with this. Like they really lose their mind over this, <clears throat> and that's that's an agenda driven 
anger that has has nothing to do with what God said and how God has ordered it. Right? That's that's a more enemy enemy backed movement that says you know we're super equal. Like it's a different concept, right? They're not the same. We're not talking about the same thing when you try to bring those two together. And that's a large portion of the problem that, that we see in society in general. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm glad you brought that word up, feminist, because because I, I pulled it up, y'all. I pulled it up. Hey, ladies out there, I'm about to drop it right here because <laughs> I'm about to drop Proverbs 31, the verses that nobody wants to go to. Because let me tell you something. We're, we're looking at this. We're looking at when God says, hey, I'm going to give you a helpmate. Mm-hmm. That is like huge. It's like, I need my wife. I, I need her in this house. I need her to watch. Kalia likes to do like pretend and all this stuff. Bro, I'm not good at that. But, <laughs> but this lady over here, she can handle it. <laughs> and so I'm like, but no, outside of that though, I'm going to go here because, because I really, you said the word feminist and, and, and I want people to start reading these things because what they'll do is they'll sit there and say, Oh, Proverbs 31 is so hard. I can't achieve it. I can't do it. But I don't want them to see it as like, this is my checklist. But I want them to see that in verse 10, it says, who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. Listen to that depth. This is this is elevating her to this beautiful position of trust and belief and knowing. And watch this. Oh, I can't do anything. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a sec. So he will have no lack of gain. Okay, so he trusts her completely. She does him good and not evil all the days of her lives. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it's not yet night and provides food for the household. She considers a field and buys it. Listen to that. He's giving her her money. Like he brings in money, right? Let's say he brings in money. Let's say she's a stay at home. My wife is a stay at home. We decided on that. We said, hey, we don't want our child out there in, in society, in the school system. We're going to homeschool her. So we were like, okay, let's, let's roll this. Hey, whatever financial hit we take, fine. I bring in the money. I put it in the bank account, and I trust her with it. And so he did the same thing. And what does she do? She goes out and buys land. So she's multiplying and watches investing his money. What? This is the the fight that the feminist is trying to do right here. They're like, no, I have no rights. I have none of this. I have absolutely nothing. And I'm like, no, in a godly, not all of this wicked man does thing. Walk behind me, sit down, take, you know, take my shoes off at the front door, serve me like a slave. In that sense, no, uh uh-uh, that's not how this works. That's not how God designed this. God designed it. Read the rest of Proverbs 31. Yeah, no, I, I, I know. No, I mean, we're very passionate about it. I think that one thing I've been telling Kalia, because you look at it. So in the garden, there was one fruit that Eve could not eat. Adam couldn't eat it either, but we're talking about Eve because she's the one that the serpent went to to entice. And there was one fruit she couldn't have. And she went for it because Satan planted a seed of doubt in her heart. In our current present day, There is one role God says do not have as a woman, and it's spiritual headship. And it's the one Satan brings a question, a seed of doubt into her heart so that she can start misusing scripture, justifying, using her feelings, using experience, using Deborah, right? To justify not being an exception to a rule in hard times, but to try and make that exceptional thing the new standard thing in the home, in the church, everywhere. 
That's because and the curse is, that's right. It's the curse is double yes. fold for women. It's that yes. we'll have pain in, in childbirth. But the one that we don't talk about, and I think it's the even bigger one, is that right. the desire to want to rule over our husbands. Mm-hmm. I mean, for right. me, I I had an incredible job working at a, you know, Fortune One company, and I had to walk mm-hmm. away from all of that, climbing the corporate ladder, laid it all down to come home to serve my husband and to serve my family. And it is the best decision that I ever made. And had Amen. I stayed in that role, I don't know that our marriage would be like it is. And I know that not everybody has the opportunity to stay home. Um, and God, we there's lots of different circumstances that the Lord allows for each of us. So that's not what I right. want you to hear in this episode. I, it's more about your posture of your heart and yes. how you treat mm-hmm. yes. and how you respect your your husband and how you live under God's headship. You know, there, there, mm-hmm. it's not like society has changed and evolved and God goes, wow, I didn't see that coming. I didn't expect people to have these kind of strange <laughs> circumstances. Everything I wrote doesn't work. Like, that's not how it worked. It, it, it's not like he's surprised. Like, I really should amend that chapter on... Proverbs. Right. I should probably add something about two income families and <laughs> daycare. Like none of those things surprised him. And if right. you if you truly seek his word and his will, you will find the answer always, every time. Mm. It's not like it's hidden mm-hmm. and you're like, yes. Well, God, you didn't know that, you know, my mom had to come live with us and my sister got divorced and I have their kids now and I've got this strange mixed house with all these people in it and we both have to work and we're only home three hours a night kind of thing. And God goes, Ooh, yeah, that's really tough. I, I didn't know that was going to happen. None of those things. Exist. <laughs> and he, and he's, he, he is, is infinite wisdom, infinite kindness and infinite support. And if we ask for it, yeah. and if we seek it, and if we really study his word, he has the plan for us. And if we ask the Holy spirit right. to help us with this, to help us in our circumstances, and not be a stiff-necked person who is like, right, well, no, right. this is this, this is not the way I want this guy. This is not working. We really need to renegotiate this contract. And that's not he's not going to negotiate <laughs> with you. This is not how it works. And I think society has trained people to think it's all about accommodation. Mm-hmm. It's all about how do we accommodate? How are we accommodating mm-hmm. this? Can, I, well, I'm not going to accommodate this, Lord. This is not what I want to do. And, and you say this all the time, right? If you just go back to the Word and, and seek Him and seek His face, then you will be absolutely astounded and how he will order your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll also look at what you've been given with the right lens. I think that the world and our flesh looks at this grass is greener mentality. And so the women are looking at men and the men are looking at women. And in this day and age, they've all been taught to kind of like want to be and have the, the perks that the other side has. And so we're, the, the enemy is stealing, killing and destroying what we have been given that we're actually fit for. And convincing us we need to do all this striving and slicing and dicing and compromising to become the thing we aren't and give up everything we started with. And I've told our daughter, you know, we as women, yeah, maybe spiritual authority over teaching all the men, all the women, you know, in the whole congregation. Yeah. God says, don't do that. And there's a reason we can trust him for that. But guess what women have? Because we are put to teach the children and raise the children. Guess what that means? He has given women, he has entrusted women with a huge role of shaping the next generation while men rule the current generation in God's design, right? With women helping in all these powerful ways the whole time. Women are shaping the next generation. 
And so that is his design. He has given us each this huge role. He just hasn't given either of us the whole role. And so appreciating what you have and look and trusting God can give you something that is perfect and good means you look at it and say, okay, how is this amazing? Because he gave this to me. The the world's trying to make me look at it like it's filth, like it's trash, like it's second best, but what is it really? And And so trying to look at it from that perspective helps in our house value what we have been given. And rather than saying, oh, I just need some time alone without this kid here. It's like, wow, I only have a few years of my child of this age, whether or not I'm in or out the home, whether you see him three hours a day or 18 hours a day, right? No matter what you still, that time is small. And I get this with them, you know, and, and each circumstance you get to look at it and say, what is he giving me as a gift that I cannot get back? And I need to sit in it and live in it and enjoy it right now. Yeah. We, we, we actually were talking about this early today. We, th- we're finite. This is not permanent. You know, this is mm-hmm. our eternal lives. This is not how this is going to look. And, and when I was sitting there thinking, there's a couple of little quick th- thoughts that I'm gonna throw in here, but Hebrews four sixteen it said, let us then approach God's throne of grace. Oh, that's yours. Actually, I had the <laughs> other one. What was that one I had? Anyways, you know what? It, it basically is saying, it's saying, look, be, be, be neighborly, come together. Don't, 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 don't forsake, yeah, don't fellowship. forsake fellowship. And, and I've always taken that and it's like church deal. It's like, eh. but watch this. Don't forsake fellowship with my wife. Don't forsake these things like like we're walking into this because we're getting into something really good here because we sat here and we beat up one side of this and I always like to change up the game and I'm like, okay, we beat up that side. We're like, okay, but what am I teaching? What are we teaching our daughter? We're teaching our daughter to walk in love. Galatians 5 is a beautiful how how it breaks itself out. It's like walk in love and it talks about all the bad things fornication and all these other things like look put those away because how are you going to walk in love how are you going to respect your wife how are you going to respect your child as a man right if i'm walking in all of these other things if i'm walking in filthiness and foolishness and coarse gesturing jesting you know what i'm saying but then the next one as you break this down it keeps going this says walk in light and then it's it's kind of then it starts talking about walking in wisdom and then it finally gets to the marriage listen to what what has to happen before you get to the marriage you got to walk in love walk in light and you got to walk in wisdom and then when we get to the marriage okay now that we can sit there in these roles and understand that this is a beautiful thing that we're 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 co-laboring in this marriage together we're sitting here as again equals in this marriage problem is what you said peter men have a big responsibility and, and, and I'll tell you what, some days I pray, I'm like looking at God, going, oh my gosh, help me, help me. I want to make the right choices. I want to make sure that when, when, when I'm out and I'm hearing these things and things are coming at us from the world, that I'm making the right decision for my family. Because then it gets into the beauty of this, how husbands, watch this, walk in love, walk in light, walk in wisdom. And then it says, husband, love your wives. That word is not phileo that word is not any of the other greek ideologies on love that is agape love that's god's love that means there's love there's honor there's respect you're looking at her without spot and wrinkle i mean this this is what we have to do we can't sit there in bitterness and anger no we need to edify build up bring up love on so that our child because this is the importance yeah is our child our children So good. Y'all, I have loved this episode. We are drawing to a close now. So we are going to make this a part two conversation. So come back and listen to the rest of the story next week.